Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christopher Egan. Hey! hey. It's Christopher Egan. It's Chris Egan. He's joining us on the podcast. How's it going, Chris? Now, he just introduced himself as Christopher Egan. Why are you calling him Chris? Because I asked him earlier, and he said Chris. Okay. <laughs> I did, yeah. I'm just fucking with John now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. This is our book club podcast for reading comics. We're talking to our friends, and here's Danielle to tell you all about it. No, I'm not. Chris Egan's going to tell you about it. Okay. Well, uh, it's a book club, so we're going to read a thing. We're going to tell you what that thing is, and hopefully you have a copy of it so you can read it. You pull out your single issues, your trades, your omnis, your absolute editions, and you're going to read it along with us. And then you're going to give us some feedback, and we're going to discuss it, and we're going to talk about the feedback. But that'll be later because we're going to discuss it first. And that's a book club. Wow, he took that very seriously. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Very informative. <laughs> awesome there. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this week. And um, you're yes, joining Christopher, us. Yes, Christopher, thank you for joining us. <laughs> we're, yes, we're, thank, uh, thank you, Mr. Egan. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Egan is my father. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking Aubrey. Uh, anyway. Uh, we've got Aubrey back. We've got Chris on hey. here slash Christopher. Um, hey. So uh, we're going to go straight to it. We've got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to go to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out. What's in the feed bag? We got a Hey Damn Guys from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr, book club member. That's right. Great episode, you damn guys. I'm glad you're only doing two issues at a time on this because you're absolutely right. This series is so dense that covering it in one or two episodes would be a disservice to the artists. You guys covered a lot of what I was thinking, but I do got to say for me personally, I think this is my absolute favorite way that Superman's ever been drawn. Right on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. By which I mean he's not absolutely shredded and ripped with 12-pack abs and zero body fat. Yeah, no, I do like that strong man look yeah for sure oh, i right. i yeah. gotta say i agree with that i agree with that uh he he continues to say my idea of superman is that since he's naturally strong he wouldn't be doing ab crunches or tricep curls and being raised on a farm he'd be kind of a thick corn-fed strong boy he's got muscle obviously but it's underneath similar to a power lifter i guess where they're bulky and you can tell this dude could probably lift a car but doesn't look like your typical mcu actor right, preparing yeah. for a role yeah. i.e being dehydrated beyond belief yeah. Yeah. yeah also along with the other characters being handled amazingly i think morrison writes probably my favorite lex luthor and i so completely unhinged right and i can't wait to hear you guys thoughts as we get further in and see more of lex's motivations and characterization all right thank you hayden for that i think awesome. we probably yeah. all thank agree you. with that oh, yeah yeah I, I don't know i like those i like those 12 pack abs mm. <laughs> not a fan no, yeah no i i think it's good that he looks more normal, normal yeah. i get well i mean as normal as a guy like that can look right yeah. right yeah he does look like a thick boy yeah i like this bulky kind of yeah just, he's like brick wall of a man without yeah. being just completely defined to yeah. an absurd amount like old school strong boy yeah 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 well like um they said in that last um strong from man. the from the absolute edition they said that he would he's too big mm. and he like knocks stuff over so sure. he's like that kind of yeah you know, anyway, right on i like that we also heard from jerry turnbull jerry turnbull book club member 
That's right. Yes. <laughs> he said, I wonder if the war suit in the Fortress of Solitude is a nod to We Three. You guys really need to do an episode on that book. So I don't know what that um, is. There are animals so and good. there are animals and they're in those giant. You've read it? Yes, I have read it. Oh, okay. Tell me. Yeah, it, I have it too, actually. Oh, okay. Because Hayden left a comment that was like, "Oh, that book makes me so sad." It, is it really, really sad. Yeah. Uh, mm. But I mean, it's Dan- really Danielle. Good. I think you should bow out of that one. Yeah, okay. I might not. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah, a Grant Morrison story, right? Yes, yeah. yes, I think it is. Yeah. Not that I don't read sad things or yeah. watch sad things. Oh, it's just no, that, that's more of a i do that like alone i don't really yeah. do that like with yeah. other people sure, i guess sure. i don't really know i think i process that a little differently I mean, the basic premise is like these these three animals have been augmented with cybernetics to become war machines and they just want to be animals yeah that sounds horrible yeah <laughs> right it's uh it's one of those books that i kind of like sat in the dark when i was done for like mm-hmm. an hour and just yeah. sat and <laughs> stared at the wall yeah it's kind of it's like it's like um <laughs> It's like Homeward Bound with like horrible oh, sci-fi no. ramifications. No. Yeah, yeah, right. no. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. That's okay. a good way to describe no. it. <laughs> I do, I do kind of want to check that out because it's, uh, it's very good. But it's just I feel like yeah. I'm already so sad and upset just as a baseline <laughs> that I don't really feel the need to interface with that too much. Oh, I, I mean, I cry at everything, so it's right. just yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that's the level I live at. So <laughs> I get it. It's horrific. We get it. Animal abuse. Right? We yeah. get it. Yep. Uh, but uh jerry also shared a bunch of cool images on our facebook comments he shared like um they had a more simplified s symbol i yeah. shared that on our social media oh the sans serif s yeah that and then, was uh, and, and then dc made them change it yeah i'm glad they didn't the, do that to the original one he also included some of the pencils from the issue and some um additional promotional material from wizard magazine Mm. Um, okay back in wizard they had talked about some of his sketches and his design before the book had actually come out okay. there was like a little preview nice. to it all right and one of the things that i thought was interesting was they said um one of the first things grant said was he wanted superman to be more like the way he used to be but with better stories uh. one of the things he wants to do to get is to get away from the long cape I, the observant artist that I am, always thought Superman's cape was the same length as Batman's, but Grant said, no, no, it's much shorter, more, much more like Supergirl's. Okay. It goes just below his bump. Uh, right on. I thought it was rubbish, but I dug out some Superman stuff, and for sure, I was really desperate to find anything that even went down as far as his knees. Maybe his cape <laughs> has gotten gradually longer and bigger over the years, I think, for the first 40 years, but they're giving into it. It's slightly shorter. It's supposed to be short, because wasn't that his baby blanket or something? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think he had a long cape until like the 80s. No, yeah, it was always short. That's cool. No, I do like that. And yeah, Batman's cape is long because he's a Dracula. So (laughs) yeah, that's why that is like that. Superman's not a Dracula. He's like a... Yeah, like this this style... He's like a strong man. He's like a silly guy. Well, it goes back to like the... It goes back to like the Max Fleischer cartoons because even like the the S that Quietly wanted to do is very much like from that cartoon yeah sure okay nice yeah we also heard from drew campbell drew campbell book club member that's right yes. yeah uh the cosmic cube is 
Quarg? Yes. I'm in assuming that's what John is speculating. It plays into the story a little bit in the later issues. I was right. Remember that Cosmic Cube? You were saying, what is this? And I was saying, I think it's Quirk. Okay. And it was. Okay. It's going, But we're going to come back around to it in a later issue. All right. Um, Thank you, Drew, for, okay. for that detail. I was, I was so pleased that I was right about something. Nice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, in my trade paperback version, Cal Kent is from the year 8523, and they fought Solaris in 5400. This is the nerdiest shit anyone's ever said I wonder why they changed the years, though. I wonder what it is in the Absolute Edition. Oh, wait. I have it. Hold on. Oh, oh you have it? Here we go. In the uh, okay. digital version, it says the year 853,450 AD, and then they fought oh, oh Solaris in the year 500,000 AD. I wonder why they would change something like that. John, put a Bob's Burger, oh my God, in here for me. <laughs> oh my God. Drew goes on to say, I also just finished reading the this analyst of the allusion in issue one to Ray Bradbury's Golden Apples of the Sun. Pretty interesting reading, and it has the complete text of Bradbury's stories at the bottom. The whole mission to the sun is in the Superman story. It's a direct reference to the Bradbury story. Oh, fun. See, that's another thing that I was like, maybe it has to do with this. And sure, I was right about absolutely. that, too. And there's a whole article about it. That's great. Um, so it's uh, there's a comic book blog by Jim Rogue. It's called Double Articulation. And the article is called On Illusion, All-Star Superman, and the Golden Apples of the Sun. I'll link in the show notes. I didn't have a chance Excellent. to read it. It was pretty lengthy, and it was pretty involved. But I was like, wow. like yeah. somebody. It's a very scholarly piece of work, too. Not really like what we do. Hey. No, nice. <laughs> You're saying we're not, we're not I feel like people are going to get the impression that we don't read anything besides <laughs> comics. We uh, do. We read books. Wait, there are things other than comics. Uh, I'm no. just saying that our commentary isn't exactly like a scholar. No, absolutely not. No, never. Um, you guys do your research, though. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't call you, it scholarly, though. <laughs> Definitely okay. not. We also heard from Joseph Briffa. Joseph Briffa, book club member. Uh huh. Yes. Oh, yeah. He said, I've been enjoying enjoying your forensic analyses and a Why, nice, thank you. And a nice surprise to hear a doc I made almost a decade ago being talked about at the top. He's the guy that directed Frank Quitely's Amazing. Um, it was very good. We really, really yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you for making that. I thought that was awesome. excellent work. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was incredible. Um, I was telling him um it made us want to visit Glasgow absolutely you know I mean? oh yeah, yeah for like, sure I mean, we were like i want to go there just just uh just that little insight as you like walking down the street and if you like, want to come on the show we'd love to have you absolutely would love to have you yeah that would be great we also heard from christopher egan christopher egan <laughs> who's that guy who's that guy <laughs> he's a book club member he's a book club member i thought this was great uh you said uh two of the greatest opening issues of all time overwhelmingly so yeah I mean, we have you here on the show and obviously um you know, I reached out to you to be on the episode as we talk about this. You mentioned earlier this is probably one of your favorite comics of all time. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, it's I would say it's probably one of my favorite runs of all time. It's definitely like top two or three Superman stories of all time. And it was one of those things like I heard about it as it was coming out and I didn't pick up the the issues when they were dropping. I ended up just picking up the two trades when they were released and I just fell in love with it everything how it just pulls from his entire history while adding to it changing things because obviously this is sort of like a it's a standalone it's sort of like an elseworlds tale yeah um, right yeah but like everything it's like it just they just knew how to craft something that was through and through superman whether you 
know the character in and out, or if you're a casual fan, it's just, it captures everything there is to know about him as a character. Right. And oh yeah. Totally yeah. agree. So I've, I've, I've had the two trades since they came out. I've read them. I don't know, five or six times. And, and I don't really reread a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff I read, like any other book, I read it like once, maybe twice, and it goes on the shelf for forever. Um, <laughs> but I, but I've read it five or six times, and then I just literally, when you guys said that you were going to be doing the the episodes, I just coincidentally picked up the whatever they call it now, not the absolute edition, the, the deluxe, deluxe edition. edition. So I have that. So I re I reread it in that form, and I do have those two years. So I have the I have the trade and the deluxe edition open in front of me. <laughs> nice. There you go. So yeah. So Cal Kent. So he says know, we fought Solaris. He fought Solaris. Sun. Yes. Again in the year five hundred thousand. That's in the trade version. Okay. He's all. He's still from the year eighty five two thirty A D. And then in the deluxe edition, he says that it's the same line of dialogue, but they changed it to the year fifty thousand four hundred. Right. Okay. That's, that's what it quite says a change. Trade paperback so, version. Yeah, so I'm assuming it it was either they decided that like the year five hundred thousand didn't make sense when he's from the year eighty five two thirty. Sure. Or it was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because in the digital version it said eight hundred and fifty three thousand some four hundred. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, oh, that, I I'm hate not, all of this. I'm not pulling that back up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's interesting. I like I like knowing those details. Yeah, but I, I'm so glad that we could have you on the show. And you had actually reached out to me. You had said if we ever cover this, um, that you would like to take part in All Star Superman. And then yeah, I'm sure I dropped just... that hint like months ago, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah, and so I was like, well, this is perfect. I was like, we just reach out to Chris and well, let's they, you know do it. have him on and do it. That'll be great. I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. Thank and I may have some hot takes. Hey, excellent. Right. I love it. <laughs> I've got a few myself. Like, for example, this is the worst Jimmy Olsen ever. <laughs> what, what? I can't Let, stand We're not there him. yet. We're not there yet. But, uh, but, I, but thanks for I hate his all guts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we got a little bit of feedback from our X-Files episode that we had last week. Did we? Yes. <laughs> excellent. Yes. Uh, John, did you catch what I did? X, yes, yeah, that was good. We heard from Ross Radke. Ross Radke, book club member. Yeah, yes, yes. he said, um, "Okay, y'all finally convinced me. I watched the pilot, and then I watched this episode yes! with you, damn guys. Welcome, brother. I've been looking for some lighthearted weirdness to watch, and I think this will be perfect. Yes, it yes. will be perfect. You're awesome. gonna fucking love this show. Uh, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so stoked. Yes, we got to Ross Radke. We, we got to have Ross on on a future episode just to talk about the X Files. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know I'm a lifelong X Files fan. You Ooh, you're a lifelong X Files fan? Yeah. Oh yeah, I listened to your episode while I was driving, so I didn't watch the episode with you. I just so, but you to knew it. the episode. But you knew. Oh it. yeah. You, you were yeah. watching yeah. It in your head. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I used to have the comics. I used to I I kind of sold them all because they're not very good. But no, they're not good at <laughs> like all. The, the season ten or whatever they were trying yeah. to do. Yeah, it's no good. Were, it was uh, like boring. Yeah, it is what it is. He tried. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. We also heard from Hayden Orr. Hayden Orr, book club member. That's right. Yes, he still is. He said, "I can't think of the X Files without thinking of this meme." Um, I, I, oh I yeah, this that's, meme. It's really yeah. good. Um, Scully, victim died of multiple stab wounds. Mulder, ever heard of the knife alien? Yeah, <laughs> he throws her a file. Yeah, tosses a file across the desk. 
than my family. Yeah, no, that perfectly encapsulates their entire dynamic. That's so good. <laughs> um, when we were in the middle of talking about the X Files, we started talking about old phones, and you mentioned your old Nokia phone yep, or whatever. Yeah, I had the Nokia brick. I had we, one of those. Yeah. yeah. We heard from Mark Tweedo. Mark Tweedo. Book club member. Cell phone yeah. haver. <laughs> he said, my Nokia flip phone fell out of my pocket while choosing the road and got run over by a truck. Australian truck, <laughs> not what Americans call a truck, which is just a ute, a proper 18-wheeler. A few scratches, but it was otherwise fine. Yeah. There you go. I oh, believe yes. it. I believe it. <laughs> that was Absolutely my first phone as well. That. Yeah? My sec- nice. My second phone was the Razor. Okay, oh. right on. I had the T-Mobile flip phone. The one that comes free with the plan. I do yeah. I do recall that. I think yeah. my mom had that one. Alan was indestructible as well. <laughs> you could not do anything to this phone. Yeah. I still have it. It doesn't work, but I've got it. Wow. I uh, my I guess my first one was like the Nokia brick, and then I don't remember what the next couple are, but the my I got the razor and then I got a blue razor and I get the black one to John. Oh, that's what <laughs> happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and then, like, the last day I ever had that razor, I went to go make a phone call, and it just snapped right in half. <laughs> yes. like, oh, fuck. You know, I've, I've never broken a phone. Oh, wow. I've never, I've never cracked one. I'm, I don't know how I've gotten through life without I've it. I've also but... never broken a phone. Yeah. And I drop my phone constantly. I've, ne- I've never All lost a phone. I lost a wallet once. That sucked. Yeah. Uh, smartphones though now like i get i have the chunkiest biggest rubberiest otter box right on right, my phone yeah. and it's also the smallest smartphone ever it's like 10 years old or something they don't make them that small anymore and if this phone ever fucking goes out of commission i'm gonna be absolutely fucked you've already had the battery replaced once i have <laughs> had the battery replaced yeah because i couldn't stand apart with this fucking phone and i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah. you know what i mean like i'm gonna have to get one of those big giant ipad phones i can't You're... stand that won't fit in you're pocket. holding on to the headphone jack. I'm holding on to the headphone yeah. jack. I have a giant uh, Samsung, so I just, it's impossible to misplace it. I've got the headphone jack, <laughs> and I don't want to let it go. Yeah, guys, so regarding your episode of the X-Files, yeah, very good, very well <laughs> Thank <fun>. you. <laughs> I, I also listened to it in the car. Did but, you? Yeah, uh, but I had seen the episode before, and then I like I watched the episode again last night, So, but it was fun. Oh, it's so fun. Uh I think one of my favorite episodes of the X-Files is from, it's from season three. Um, it is called War of the Copperophages. Oh, War of the Copperophages. Yeah, War of the Copperophages. That's, um, uh, that's a, isn't that a Glenn Morgan episode? That's another one yeah. by Glenn Morgan. We, that's one thing that we didn't talk about, and I was frustrated when I listened back to it. Glenn Morgan did that one, and he did the tattooed uh the one with the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he also did the fucking Jose Chung's from Outer Space yeah. or whatever. And so, like, all those are, I really those like those great. episodes too. Yeah. Those are some of my favorites. This one says it was written by Darren Morgan and directed by Kim Matt. Oh, Dan- Darren Morgan. I'm sorry. I yeah. said Glenn Morgan. Why did I say that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. You're just renaming people. Yeah. And y'all ended up just talking about pizza. And <laughs> I have, I have you- notes. John, you asked Danielle if you'd ever had pineapple on a pizza, and you're like, no, but you're not a hater or anything. No, I'm not a hater. Coincidentally, earlier that week, I had just tried pineapple on a pizza for the very first time. Okay. And I got to say, yum. I liked it. That's fine. Okay. I don't eat pineapple in general. Oh, oh right. So. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think the main reason I did it was because of so many people who call it like evil or sacrilege. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome, to the club. Welcome to the club, Aubrey. 
<laughs> as as a New Jersey Italian, I okay. love Hawaiian pizza. Nice. nice. Is that what they call get, it when you put pineapple on a pizza? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you get. I get it with the like pineapple, and then I get it with ham and or bacon. Ham. Oh yeah, that's okay. that's really that's really the Hawaiian pies. That's the Hawaii- uh, okay. Right on the ham and the pineapple. Okay. Um, and sometimes I add like banana peppers, give it a little pizzazz. Okay, some pizzazz. Uh, oh, I actually had a couple of things. Yes, go ahead. For, I guess this can be. What do you see? What do you say? Ah, okay. And uh, what so, what are you saying? There. So I, I, I actually came across a couple of things after we recorded the deal, and yes, I can confirm that um, the fact that he already knew Luke Wilson from the thing that they worked on before is exactly how he was cast in this episode. Oh, okay. And then Vin, who, who are you talking about? Vince, Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan and yeah. Luke Wilson knew each other prior to. Because they worked together on a different thing. And right. so anyway. Home then fries. The, yeah. Home, thank you. Oh, I couldn't think of the thing. Home fries. Thanks. And Aubrey. then another thing, um, David Duchovny came up with the bit. Like he, like they let them come up with bits, I guess, right. sometimes. And so he came up with the bit where he, quote unquote, accidentally leans on the horn. Right. He came up with that as like a funny like thing to do, which I was like, good for him. That's great. That's because that is, part. I do love that moment. That's that very. Is, that's one of the best. That's, that's super funny, cute. Funniest moments of the. It's episode. really good. Yeah. He like figured out a way to make it look like it. Anyway, good stuff. And then there was one other deal. But oh, there was, there's. Didn't a... you say that um, Jillian Anderson had about the intestines being falling out of the thing or whatever? Oh yeah, like she was goofing around and they were coming up with bits for that and all this sort of stuff. And so they yeah, pulled it with a fishing, a fishing line. And yeah, apparently she's just made... not squeamish at all. So she was like having a good old time messing that, around with the fake intestines. It, the intestines yeah. fall out and stuff like so, that. But yeah, so just all around generally, um, it was as I'd hoped. Everyone had a lot of fun doing it, which is good right. to hear. You always like to hear that, right? Yeah. So nice. But now it's for real. We're on to the segment of the show called What Do You See? What Do You Say? What Do You See? What Do You Say? We heard from E. Burunson. E. Burunson. Book club member. Yes. Um, he said, have you heard of the bands Shame or Ben Stellar? I have not heard of these I have bands. not heard that. I have not uh, heard of that. B-E-N-S-T-E-L-L-A-R. Okay. So uh, they're on tour right now together, both of those bands, um, and in the U.S. So All right. he was like, hey, I know you like good music and friendship. And so. Oh, he's just some... in general. Have you yeah. heard of these bands? Okay. He was just saying, like, cool. hey, because we have been talking about music. I haven't so heard of either of those bands. I thought I would share it and. Um, Very good. You know, uh, see, maybe we can check them out when they come by. Or right whatever. on. Right that on. would be cool. Um, but speaking of music, I guess we we saw some music. Yeah, we did. We saw The Cure. We saw The Cure. Um, it's the third time I've seen them live. Yeah. Amazing. Um, that was a really good show. I mean, Incredible obviously, show. they sounded great. They sounded great. You know, for, I guess, how long they've been playing and how long they've been together. and uh, incredible. They played for, like, almost, like, over two and a half hours or something. It sounded it was so like perfect. 29 songs and, yeah, all the hits and really a good. bunch of deep cuts and... Yeah, it was I went, good. I went and saw the set list uh, for it. It looks pretty like a pretty fun show. Oh, it was great. Yeah. 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 It was good stuff. Um, and we saw Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs the we week saw prior. Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. That's right. So that was also like. Oh, my God. They finally phenomenal came show. Houston. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's a <laughs> yeah. phenomenal show. It's been like show. forever since they came. So, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. I love going to live concerts and stuff like that. If you can do that, we both like got sick also. Oh, we got super sick. So yeah. that was like that's part of what happens i guess yep. you know when you're going out it's like that and not anything serious but it was just enough to like kind i'm of still i mean i don't know if you can tell i'm still kind of crummy yeah, yeah yeah wheezing and coughing hopefully john's cutting all that out yeah yeah but anyway um what about you guys what are you seeing and what are you saying aubrey 
Well, uh, with family in town, I haven't had as much chance to like really watch anything or read mm. anything. But um, my girlfriend and I, we have this shared playlist on Spotify where we have a bunch of music on there that we just listen to like all the time that we both enjoy. And Fiona Apple kept coming up over and over again. So I was just like, man, I'm going to check. I'm going to listen to her again because I'm a big fan of hers. I haven't listened to her. It had been a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I was listening to her most recent album that was released at the start of the pandemic uh, called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. And it's just really good. A lot of fun. Um, and coincidentally, she got the name of the album from uh, a show with Julian Anderson, I think, called The Fall. Oh, fun. Where they have to go uh gets free somebody and they and Julian to go fetch the bolt cutters. <laughs> That's oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, and so, I mean, if you guys haven't heard it, I'd highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Fiona Apple, I would definitely, definitely recommend it. Okay. Right nice. on. Very good. Awesome. Yeah, we also watched the X-Files. We also watched That's the X-Files. Watched. Yes, we did that too. What about you, Christopher? You have any, what are you seeing and what are you saying? Well, anyone that follows me on social media knows that I see and say a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so if, if I were to go into all that, we'd be here all night. So right. um, a couple of highlights were uh, I saw Guardians 3 opening night. That was great. Okay. Nice. I, I cried a lot. Um, really? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. It, I, I it's it's really good. There's a lot of sad stuff, but there's also, you know, the classic, you know, zaniness of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Nice. Um, yeah. Are they are they torturing a super smart animal like in that other thing you just told me about? <sighs> yeah, there was a lot of similarities <laughs> to We Three in that movie. Um, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, it was it was a really good movie. Right. Um, it, it finally it felt good to like sit down and see a, an MCU movie that kind of felt like the stuff that was coming out. Oh, like they five, gave a shit six, about seven, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, five six years ago, seven years ago, when everything kind of was hitting. Right. Um. So I saw that. I went to see uh, Sisu, which is the movie oh, about. Oh, we were just talking that. about we were that. Just talking yeah, about that. that it's really good. It's a ninety-minute modern take on a grindhouse war movie. It's super violent and bloody and gory, but you're having a good time. It's not like dour. Like yep, kind of like Kill Bill or something like that. Kind of it uh, producers of uh, John Wick. I th- okay. yeah, I think. So. Yeah, it has some connection to John Wick. Um, so it ha- it kind of has like that mile a minute action and and violence, but it's it's even gorier than any of the John Wick movies because it's right. this old Finnish dude killing Nazis and grotesque oh, nice. ways. Yeah, it's ninety minutes of Nazi killing. You can't go wrong. You've gotten me interested. <laughs> I uh, I like the tagline. It's like it's like the most fun you'll have watching ni- uh, Nazis get killed or something like yep, that. Yep. I don't know. That's a that's a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the other tagline for that movie was that uh the dog doesn't die. They actually yes. put that in one of the trailers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, see that's yeah. Okay. Cuz there like was a that. dog I, in I it. need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just um, want to bring this up. Uh Aubrey did in fact bring over his Blu-ray of Pump Up the Volume and I can't fucking stand this movie. <laughs> This is the most obnoxious movie. Oh my I god! If, I don't know if I've, I've seen that. I almost couldn't make it through this movie. You, I had to fast never, forward part. You've of never this movie. seen it? No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Oh wow. Christian, well, Christian Slater's, Slater's like, I've got a boner. I've got a boner. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just this I'm, is the whole movie. I'm gonna have to that's, watch that's it. That's the movie. Christian Slater's yelling about how much he's got a boner, and 25 year olds are in high school, and <laughs> it's everyone's like. Who's this guy on the radio? Oh, man, we're going to basically burn the whole school down. It's basically like Footloose, but the radio. 
but it's also he's so obnoxious it's to the point where he's like he's doing like his best jim carrey impression and it's just like oh it's intolerable oh he was was doing that before jim carrey intolerable (laughs) so bad oh my god i felt like as it went on you you enjoyed it a little I bit. I felt more. like I had to fast forward through a lot of it. I th- but in the beginning, you were hating it. Oh, it was. Just, you were, we almost I turned was, it off. I was the- so close. I was like, look, let me fast forward through this because he does it a lot. And it was so. But I do understand. Like, I get what they were going for because there are parts of the movie that are very serious. And it talks about a lot of topics that are very important to high schoolers. And, and, and your parents don't understand me and they're pushing me too hard and they don't you know all this stuff and i get it and so like the core of the movie like the core values of this movie i do get it but i feel like it was executed so fucking poorly that i felt like i was like this has to be a joke i also at some point came to the realization that this was probably a movie that you watched during some formative you know time in your life right where you were like oh this had an impact on me like because i have movies like that was probably like 15 sure when this movie came out? oh i can okay, see that yeah. yeah totally i think it came out in 90 91 so i'd have been like 15 i want to say if i had never seen anything like that and i was like 14 or 15 that would be that would end up being a very important movie to me i could totally see that so i feel like i've got movies like that where i'm like oh this movie is incredible and people watch and they go yeah i didn't care for this you know what i mean so yeah. i feel like i absolutely do get where you're coming from with this movie and i feel like i dig it in spirit but I feel like actually sitting down and watching it, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this movie. He's so, <laughs> it was, I think eventually though, I, I got to a point where I was just pointing out everything that was ludicrous and it, it became fun. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. fun. We had a fun time watching yeah. it. Anyway, pump up the volume. There you go. Very good. Now we're going on to our book club episode for the week. And this week we're continuing our discussion of All-Star Superman. This week we're going to discuss issues three and four from this series. So they got it in there with the S. They got it in there because it's a new costume that's never, ever been invented before. So they were able to get away oh, with the S. Oh, they got their S in there. They got their, okay. their different yeah. We're looking at the cover S. for issue three. One thing that I like uh, that I was looking at is how they worked the Daily Planet in there. You know, yeah. Because that, yeah. that is what links Lois mm-hmm. and Clark. That's super you know cute. I mean? so really good cover. It's kind of like got it there in the background. I like uh, how the, the planet kind of looks like a rock of kryptonite which i don't think is what they were going for at all but i i don't know i like that hue of green that sure maybe they were going for that oh right okay yeah i know it's supposed to be like the you know the afterglow of the city lights you know down. i like that it looks like they're actually wearing clothes yeah and not that they're naked with clothes lines drawn over their (laughs) naked bodies like look at that like that looks like an actual suit that someone could wear sure do you know what yeah. I mean? She also looks like Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. How do you pronounce her name? Is it Gal Gadot? It, Gal Gadot. I, it's, yeah. I think she said it out loud as Gadot. Oh, did she? Right on. He's yeah. got suspenders on. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at this Comic Sans S. Nice. <laughs> Goofy has S. It's a cool costume, though. What do y'all think of it? I was going to say, what do you think of the costume? I like it. I like it. I think it's really I cool. I like it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm glad it doesn't look like his costume exactly. No. Right. Yeah, right. I like that. Did he design this? Because it looks it, like a bathing suit. Well, he oh, he, yeah. he sewed he it, right? Yeah. Like he had it sewed by that machine. Didn't give her pants. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't give her pants. He wanted to see that ass. He wanted to see that ass. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what he's looking at there. I mean. So we previously left off issue two with the reveal that Superman had made Lois Lane a costume and had learned how to Look give her his superpowers for Look a the day. Pre- I love the gift wrap. Yeah. So we get this page <laughs> of Superman giving her this uh, glowing vial. 
I like the gift wrap. I think that's a cute detail yeah. that it kind of like looks like his colors and stuff like that. Yeah. And her reaction is great too. She's like, bring it on. Oh it's- man, if Superman handed me a vial that said I could be like him for a day, I'd be like, yeah. zero qualms. She just doesn't even pause. I like her facial expression. She's like, oh, so I get to be like you for a yeah. whole day? Wouldn't it be funny if he was like, no, you're not supposed to drink it. <laughs> oh, no. I like um, it, the vial kind of looks like those Fortress of Solitude crystals. Oh, okay. From the movie. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. I was going to say, it kind of looks like a perfume bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it kind of looks like that, too. So we cut to this spectacular image. This red lizard creature, Crawl. He lifts a sports car over his head. And he tells Metropolis that he will eat it. Nice, nice. This is really cool. I love the design of this guy. Yeah, he's great. Like all his little like his beaded necklaces and all that. Yeah, he is a cool. John, those are from his culture, his underground. Yes. At the center of the earth culture. <laughs> so it's not Mardi Gras beads. No. no. <laughs> and uh, so this guy, um, this is his first appearance, right? He's not in any previous. Not that I know of. Comics. Aubrey. Yeah, no, I, I am unfamiliar with Kroll. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're introducing, you know, just whatever, you know what I mean. But I, but I had to look that up. You know, is this is the dinosaurs or whatever? Is that like a dinosaurs thing? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to the Daily Planet. We see Jimmy Olsen, Cat Grant, and Lombard watch the scene. Lombard looks through binoculars. This fucking slime ball. That's my car. My new car. <laughs> I'm running a feature on that car. And he yells at the creature. He's like, put it down. They're like, he can't hear you from here. <laughs> Well, and she's even like, why don't get the attention of the right. flesh-eating dinosaur men army? We learn from Cat Grant that the creature is attacking the Skyport, interrupting their ride to Poseidonus. So I think we learn later that this is like a fancy restaurant underwater or something it's like, like that. It's like Atlantis, right, but it's yeah. a different one. And they were going to have a birthday party there for Lois. So Grant says she knew there would be trouble when Kent wangled his way out of the plans. I swear that man can smell trouble, she says. I love that line. So yeah. it's like they can always, it's become like a thing where they notice now that he leaves right before shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. like they were on their way there. Like they're on top, they're on the roof waiting for something to pick them up. I guess, to go yeah, there. yeah. Okay. Because they all have gifts and flowers and shit for her. Oh yeah, you're right. So, and yeah. they're like all dressed up and shit. Jimmy Olsen. Mr. Lombard, I'm taking immediate steps. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, he's beep. using the, his the Superman, Superman watch. <laughs> Incredible. What a what a dipshit. Um, <laughs> this guy sucks. When they see them coming, he says... That Both of these guys suck. It says it looks like he hasn't come alone. There's two... If we look in the clouds, you look closely, there's that little detail. There's two little yeah. like shapes coming out yeah. of the clouds. Yeah. Or whatever, right? That is my favorite detail in this issue. It's is very the two good. of them just shooting through the cloud. That's awesome. Yeah. If you zoom in, you can kind of see that. What um, if you have a comic book? Then you just get really, really close to it and open <laughs> your eye real big. Yeah. <laughs> we have these things at work that we can like stick on and it magnifies things. Oh, that's fun. Oh, okay. But um, of course, you'd be seeing the pixels and not the actual art. <laughs> that's cool. So, you tell me what a spaceman flying around in his underwear can give her that a good old hunk of prime American manhood can't gross and then well i like you're how being gross just then cat grant is like yeah i love that right, sucks so. your teeth yeah i love how much this guy sucks oh yeah it's great isn't it yeah he's, oh, he's like he's like a shitty version of clark like he's clearly like yeah like corn fed sure 
dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Wow, I hadn't put that together. That's Cast a great him. detail. Yeah. He's he's, pro- he's probably, you know, he's also like a Midwest boy, made it to the city. He's just uh he's on a slightly different trajectory than Clark was. It kind of shows you, like... Um, Who would you cast him as? Well, you had said Danny McBride on a previous Oh, episode. did I? Yeah. Um, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Casting. That's a great yeah, one. D- Danny would have to hit the gym, I think. Yeah. No, no. You, I think he'd be fine. Um, uh, what about Henry Cavill? You cast him <laughs> no, as this too guy. Too too <laughs> handsome. With, with, with the mustache. That's, yeah. He would, he would right really there. enjoy it. He would enjoy doing that, it, for is sure. Is that too on the yeah. nose, right? It's a bit much. He would he would eat that up with a fork and a knife. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he would have such a fun time doing that. Oh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of him too. Nick Offerman yeah. for sure. Give him the sweet mullet. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I'd love that. Oh, it's so greasy. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's glorious. I wonder if that's a, a nod to the Superman had a mullet throughout the nineties. Oh right. Good I don't one, know. Aubrey. I just think it's like a joke. I think because yeah. like look at he's got the open shirt and like the gold chain and yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. I think it's just supposed to be this man is gross. He's just like a, a laundry list of st- yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we see Superman and Lois. Um, as they're flying in, Superman apologizes for having to deal with this on her birthday. The last thing I wanted on your birthday was a reptile invasion from the right. Earth's core. <laughs> but she's, she's psyched. She's like, I, I would have felt cheated if there hadn't been monsters. Right? Because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. you want to do. If you have superpowers, I want to fight something. You don't want to just walk around yeah. being like, I guess I have superpowers. You want to go yeah. do battle trouble. with lizard yeah. guys, I guess. You're just going to like melt stuff with your laser eyes. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> blow on things <laughs> yeah i mean you can fly to the moon and stuff oh yeah oh, for sure totally. fly to the moon. oh yeah yeah but monsters i definitely wouldn't monsters. deface the moon jimmy olsen would i um could i fly around the earth and make time go backwards you could i mean <laughs> i guess you could because then the day you could just keep redoing it and just fly backwards yeah. at the yeah. end of the day i think your personal time stays the same uh, <laughs> Good call. So as they're flying in, Superman notices that someone has beat them to the action. And look who it is, Lois says. I knew today was going to be good. Ah, just what I need, (laughs) says Superman. (laughs) That's a good line. So we see Samson. He throws Krull into outer space. Um, I love this detail as it like collides with a satellite. A satellite yeah, or, or a crawl. space station. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a space station. Oh, is that what that is? That, uh, I think that's what that is. That's less just, cool then. That's not yeah, cool that's at not all. Crawl. Cool. What happened, crawl? Hang in there, buddy. I love Samson. He looks great. Samson looks great. So this is another character that I think that they're just introducing uh, into. I don't. I don't think there's a prior um, Samson in DC. Is there? I'm not. I'm not sure, but I do remember Grant Morrison talking about how he he didn't want to just like bring in other DC characters, and so right. he wanted to kind of make it more timeless by going with Samson and Atlas, right? As, as yeah. opposed to you know who John Jones and Mon- and Monel, right? So <laughs> some mythological, yeah, characters. yeah, more like mythological, like Ares with Wonder Woman, exactly, and all that. right? Cool. Yeah, I think it's it's because like DC's used characters like Zeus and and such. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, you're you're right, John. This is that. the this is the first time they ever used. I think the only time they ever used Samson. He's looking good. I like his hair. You know, I like him. I like him less than uh, Lombard. Okay. <laughs> this, but his hair is this, better than Lombard's. Oh well, yeah, yeah, of course. This mm. this issue is just like 
misogyny overload and it drives me kind of nuts. Oh, it's super gross. It is. Yeah, 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 it's disgusting for sure. But I still like Lois's outfit. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You got to have fun with it, I think. If if you already know that this is what it's going to be, you have to kind of settle in, I think. Yeah. And it, it it calls back to like other versions of like Supergirl and Superwoman from like the various eras. Like it's it's sort of like a less horny Power Girl outfit. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have the boob window. It doesn't right. have the boob yeah, window, but I don't know. I think it's still pretty horny. The legs go all the way up the hip bone <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the waist. I mean, that's it, like. I mean, it is a it is a swimsuit with a cape. It, yeah. Um, her cape is a short little baby cape too. It's like it's like to her waist. Yeah. It doesn't cover the butt. Superman's got to check yeah. that butt out though. Uh, he's got to check that butt out. <laughs> So uh, it seems like they all know each other. Lois recalls Samson from a previous adventure, although this is his first appearance. And he immediately starts trying to woo Miss Lane. Oh, I was going to talk about this line. He's hitting on her so hard. But uh, this introductory line, he goes, he won't be bothering Metropolis again for a while. That's my feet taken care of. And she's like, feet, have I missed something? And Superman's like, Crow's lungs just burst. And then he takes off. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The colors, right? So there's like a little flash. I love that little detail there. Superman immediately flies off. He's going to save Crawl. He's got to save him. He's got to save him. So anyway. He doesn't kill monsters or people. He just like, you know, tries to get them to stop wrecking the city. So he's got to go save him. So I guess his burst lungs can heal. Right, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, they've got get they've got dinosaur medicine. Dinosaur medicine. Or maybe he's got multiple lungs or he's got backup lungs or something. Yeah, it's, or it'll, he'll he be fine. Regrows him like you would regrow a tail or something. There you go. He's, okay. yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Samson, last we met you were headed for the year twenty sixty one to retrieve some treasure you'd hidden on Haley's Comet. What? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that just thrown in there. You know, there isn't like a reference to anything, but he's a time traveling, time traveling guy, so he can go wherever. Right. Um, Time traveling guy who conditions. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's just beautiful fantasy gobbledygook dialogue. It's it's perfect. Right. Yeah. So he's complimenting Lois and he kisses her hand. He says his fellow strongman would agree with his sentiment of Lois. His fellow super strongman. Right. So we're introduced to Atlas, who says he came from New Elysium. Well, I like when he first thing he says is my back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's supposed to be holding up the world. Right. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I totally missed that. I like the little, I like the addition of the, the world pinned in on. Yeah. I like where it's, what it's centered on. Antarctica. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. There is a Elysium Island in DC. It's home of the Amazons of Elysium, an all male race of warriors. Um, so I was wondering if this had anything to do with that or he says new Elysium. Probably. So anyway. Atlas also lays it on thick to Lois, complimenting her dripping allure in yon clinging garments. Jesus. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. Anyway. What what do you think of Atlas versus Samson? Which one is less of a less of a slime ball? They're both just slime ball creeps. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of shitty, but I, I'd say Atlas is a little better. He feels he comes off know. like he comes off like he's he's almost self-aware whereas samson is not at right. all yeah <laughs> whereas now, like surely like, has the looks the intellect and now the skin of steel that atlas demands from a woman <laughs> yeah i don't know man like, he'll he'll say something and it's almost like he's almost apologetic i feel it sounds like you're an atlas apologist <laughs> that's what it sounds like <laughs> all right they both they both suck <laughs> 
Superman re- returns with Kroll. Superman returns, get it? Uh, yeah. uh, and he yeah, is yeah. further... <laughs> and Superman is further annoyed by Atlas being there. Gentlemen, if you don't mind, the lady's with me, he says. I like that part. Um, so Samson here, he proposes a challenge of the ages. They well, will each... Pref- what? Well, is, I, I did only offer compliments. Is she not deserving? <laughs> she not I was deserving? just... It was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's a big he's a big gaslighter. I'm sorry. He's also yeah. got the beard with no mustache, which unforgivable. Can't oh, do it. No. Can't do it. Uh, I used I used to have that. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> Can't do it. It wasn't my fault. It was my wife. She didn't want to kiss me with a mustache. She finally gave in. You can edit that. You can edit that out or leave it. I, actually, leave it in and actually leave it. it in and double it. <laughs> so Samson here he proposes a challenge of the ages. They will each perform a super feat, and the most incredible wins her company. Samson is like, I defeated Kroll, the dinosaur's son. I like that little bit of alliteration or whatever. The, is that like a pun? Is that what you call that? Dinosaur? It's like dinosaur, No, that's his, that's right? his that's title. His title. <laughs> I know, but it's also like dinosaur. Oh, it's also fucking funny. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. <laughs> anyway, and Atlas defeated the army. There doesn't seem much left for you to do, Superman, Atlas says. And Superman's like, uh, let's return these guys back to the center of the earth. So we cut to that happening. Have well, we talked about the time machine? I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> Can right. we talk okay, about this yes. that, fucking thing? His, uh, <laughs> the chrono vault, right? That's his uh, time traveling. I fucking love how goofy is it is. It? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It looks like a dollar store Hot Wheels car, and I love it. <laughs> it still does. It's so stupid looking. I love it so, so much. I love it. That was a sick burn. Yeah, that, that was, was a really good. One. good. <laughs> I'm assuming that's like time particles and yeah, the tank. for sure. Oh, okay, right. That's what's like running it or whatever. Time particles, yeah, tachyon particles. Ooh. They sure are tacky. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it. I'm pulling up my Star Trek knowledge. Very good. I like this guy. I like this guy that we talk to next. Tyranco. I love him. He's the dinosaur. I love him so much. I love everything about him. I love how polite he is. Yeah. I love his he's whole. He's like, oh man, I'm going to punish my son. Like, I'm and sorry about this man. He's like, we fear you. Yeah. Down here. We're, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're, we admire you. Yeah. We admire you. But, you know, Crawl did say that he was goaded into this attack. Like, he's very diplomatic. Right. So he tells him that Samson goaded Crawl into yeah. doing all of this. His character design is fantastic he is fabulous oh yeah i love this guy's whole deal and this is the only time we ever see him i just love him so much this is the only appearance he's ever made as far as i know this is his only panel and like i just love him i like his i like his ankle wrappings i love everything about him i like his little he's got like a scarf and a magic wand He's so great. I, I like how for everyone else, this is nothing. But Lois shares your sentiment. She's like, oh, the descendants of dinosaurs who escaped extinction by burning into the center of the earth. This is amazing. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But they're all just this is all just a uh, whatever for Superman and these other guys. That's a fucking cool idea. Yeah. The descendants of dinosaurs who escape extinction by burrowing to the center of the earth. That's dope. It's like a better version of what, what they attempted with the old Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh man <laughs> that movie <laughs> samson's like 
is it as amazing as these radioactive crown jewels I borrowed from the Ultra Sphinx? Right. Borrowed. From the Ultra Sphinx is what caught my attention. I was like, what the fuck is that? Right. They're radioactive crown jewels. Yeah, radioactive crown jewels. And Superman walks up right then and he's like, well, you know, 238 uranium is lethal to humans. But she's like, ah, I still have superpowers, so I'm good or whatever. (laughs) So she puts on the... there be residual radiation? Anyway. Anyway. I would be thinking about that. Be like, get that the fuck out of here. Samson goes on to tell her how awesome their date would be. Since he travels time, eternity's the limit. He talks about dining on Triceratops and then having drinks at the Crucifixion. Okay. Does that kind of, if you could time travel anywhere, is that, are those are really the. People are being crucified. Those, I don't are, know if those are really the, the points that you want to go to in history, no. right? Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, maybe you want to go to the crucifixion with me no like which one that's, a, that's were, something like, like a vampire would say <laughs> yeah a lot of people have been crucified. i hung out at the crucifixion i don't know if that's very like appetizing yeah i don't know if i want to yeah. do that at all but uh i will say that you're right about choosing the time travel dates so if so what would you choose as your time travel dates that you would want to impress lois lane with oh me i'm trying to impress lois lane um, I would try to think of like uh, cool world events. Like, yeah, she's, she's a, a reporter. reporter, right? So, like, I don't know. Like, let's go get fucked up and watch Led Zeppelin at Woodstock. Absolutely, or like that. absolutely. I don't know. That might be something. Now cool, you're cooking or, with gas. Zeppelin or, didn't play Woodstock. Well, let's watch Hendrix at Woodstock or yeah. whatever, right? Something like that. <laughs> Sorry. I was saying, I was thinking of like really dry, like historical events absolutely. that you'd be like interested in, like a suffrage march or something. Sure, maybe for yeah. sure. Yeah, I just like we went in totally different directions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking something that's like a uh, historical, but also a party, right? Like, yeah, what's like a yeah. cool, fun, like historical thing? So you're saying Led Zeppelin live, and you're saying Suffrage March. Is there something in between um, those two? I don't know. Historical, but it's a party. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like um... Nixon resigning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> amazing that was a good one incredible god so atlas comes along and he says all the cool stuff that they would do on his date he would make titans kneel to her and harness eight wild hippogriffs i don't want any of that don't do any of those you like hippogriffs yeah but leave them alone don't harness they're magical creatures with front legs wings and heads of a giant eagle and the body hind legs and tail of a horse do you know that yeah leave them alone don't harness them is what i'm saying (laughs) like don't do that that sounds rude Okay, the thing about don't the, make that, Titans kneel before me either. That would be so awkward. I'd be like, okay, get up. Like, yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Plus, the, plus they're so big. Yeah, they're yeah. so big. I mean, perfumed love chariot. Perfume gives me migraines. Yeah, love chariot sounds awkward. Okay, so <laughs> all of this sounds so awkward. Like, I just uh, she's the most awkward. And that's day one. I'll crush, I'll crush <laughs> raw diamonds in my mighty fists and squeeze from my fingers a sparkling wine fit for immortals. I'm not drinking diamonds. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So about hippogriffs, I, I'm always been confused why are they called hippo when they have no hippo. <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's a language thing. Like okay, it's a, it's right. an etymology deal. The crushing diamonds, I, that made me think of uh, Superman. Superman 3. Yeah, Superman 3, where he crushes the coal. coal. Yeah. He crushes the coal to make a diamond. That's not what he's talking about, though. He's not talking about crushing coal to make diamonds for her. He's talking about crushing up diamonds to make some sort of diamond wine, which would it be like diamond dust, and then you mix it with some yes. sort of liquid? 
I guess. And drink that. But I said it's what it, it's what it made me think of. Oh, okay. So it would eviscerate her insides. It would. It would do that. Yeah, it would cut you up. Horrible. Because who knows if that's passing after she has yeah, her powers or not? Yeah. Oh man, I don't like that. Although, I did have a thought about um, Atlas's little emblem there, the globe emblem. Yeah. And why it's centered on Antarctica. Yeah. Because I'm assuming he's kind of going around on in his spare time as sort of a superhero. Yeah. And I'm assuming he doesn't want to show allegiance to a particular country or government. So he's like, I'm just going to show Antarctica, but I want to because I want to have the globe on my cape. I thought that's where Olympus was. Oh, huh. Because he goes, I swear by the everlasting snows of Olympus. And I figured that's probably where it is. I thought Mount Olympus was in Greece. Yeah, but not for real, though. Yeah, I thought it was like a heaven sort of above Greece kind of thing. I thought that's where the his little like secret place was that he goes because isn't superman's that he's at the north pole mm-hmm. right yep. that's where his fortress of solitude is so these guys are on the other end i read too much into that i think <laughs> i made all that up in my my brain i was just looking to see if there's any correlation between the atlas character and Monica, but i'm not seeing it but yeah showing so he do, he shows no allegiance to any one right yeah. uh country or anything so he that's kind of a isn't that like a neutral zone as far as countries mm-hmm. i don't know i really don't yep isn't that's, it the only oh, thing wow. that's the only thing that's there is um like science, science spaces. research labs so and so they yeah, have flags no, from all over to yep, there's show. no military bases there and no um, flag is higher than another flag because they want it to be yep. like it's 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 neutral yeah. zone. that's cool i didn't know yeah that. yep yeah and actually, it's my like, sister has a friend that just studied at one of the labs down there oh that's fucking cool yeah, the first night they're there, they all sit around and watch the thing. Awesome! That's, that's awesome. awesome, man! Wow, that's definitely that's like what their, I would. That's do. their initiation. I would want to watch that episode of The X Files. Oh, there's an ice. Ep- oh yeah, yeah that's I want to watch that's ice. That's the first. That's the first episode I ever watched. Really? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like how paranoid like... and crazy they get. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those things. It was like. That episode aired like on the cusp of like nice. my bedtime being oh, later yeah. as a child. Yeah. And my mom was like, I'm watching X Files. Let's watch X Files. Nice. And it was that one. And it fucked me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I love I that still, part I, where I, they I have to inspect each other. It. And so, like, you know what I mean? And they yeah. have to yep. check each other out and whatever. Ooh, very yep. tense. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like all paranoid, pointing guns at each other and shit. It's good stuff. Good stuff. But let's get back here with uh, Superman, right? Okay. <laughs> so while all this is going on, uh, Superman takes Lois aside in, in the middle of all this. And he's like, I don't get it, Lois. I can't believe you're flirting with Samson and Atlas. I like this moment where he's like, why is this happening? Well, <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, you're creepy and ridiculous about Clark Kent. So chill. Right. He's like, I'm not impersonating Clark. I am Clark. Lois, why don't you believe me? Please, Superman, we both know you'll win any contest these losers can dream up. It's my birthday. Have some fun. Right. So she kind of, she's admiring the necklace, that radioactive one. She's only got eyes for soups. Yeah. She's just messing with She's just messing with She's having fun. As Lois walks off, Superman confronts Samson. I don't Samson. like you, Samson. Yeah. <laughs> he's straight like, up, I don't, I don't like you. you very much. And uh, he's like, uh, what do I have to do to make you keep your hands off my girl? What the fuck? And so Samson's like, ah, oh, I'm a time traveler. And what about this? And he shows him, you know, the article that says Superman's dead. He's like, ah, oh, she's going to need a shoulder to cry on soon. All's fair in love and war. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah, there's that scene. Don't right do there, it. Right. But they come back to that. They let they remind us. You know what I mean? All yeah. of this is happening because he's going to die soon. That, that's what he's previously learned. He's like, look, we've got a dinner date. 
I'm not doing this. Right, yeah. Suddenly, Lois's new jewelry starts glowing. Well, no, it's been glowing this entire time. Oh, right. But there's like Everyone's hair is standing up. Yeah, she asks Atlas about it. And he's like, "Uh, there is something we neglected to mention. The Ultra Sphinx. This monster Mm -hmm. had hounded us like a fury since we borrowed the jewels of Adam Hotep. And those are those ones that they've given her, right? Fucking whimdy. <laughs> With <laughs> fucking whimdy. Uh, while this exchange is going on, Samson is telling Superman how the article on his desk says he completed 12 super challenges before he died, including creating life, escaping the Underverse, overthrowing the Tyrant Sun, and answering the unanswerable question. He's just like, what? He's like, what? All this is interrupted by the arrival of the Ultra Sphinx. Fuck yeah. So dope. I am the Ultra Sphinx. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. I love everyone. This is why we read uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, look at everyone's facial expressions. Listen to this dialogue. You cr- you created life. You escaped the underverse. You overthrew the tyrant's yeah, son. Yeah. You answered the unanswerable question. Here's the fucking Ultra Sphinx. Yeah. What the fuck is all this? These two pages here. That's why I read comic books. Yeah, yeah, Shit yeah. like this. These two pages here, the writing, the art, it's just why you read comics because it's so fucking weird. Yeah. It's so weird. And and to me, it's also like I am immediately obsessed with this character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this fucking guy. It's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, um, this is also the first appearance of this character, right? So this is something they're just made up, something weird to throw in here, yeah. right? And yep. um, when it speaks, it's like, are they hearing this in their minds or like what is happening? Kind of the way that it's conveyed in the book is each word is its own little kind of glowing gold word box or whatever, cool. which is really yeah. neat. And he's got this like field of like static electricity around him. He's right. got this like, yeah, fucking like electric field around him. He's got a necklace like Lois. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I tend to think that they're they're hearing him in their mind, right? Or okay. yeah, he, like they can they can feel the words behind their eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so in whatever language is your native language is what you would hear. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Like yeah. That. And two thirty eight uranium is what that he's using as crown jewels. Like there's there's so much implied about this creature's culture and like it's just so out there. Yeah. Everything about. <laughs> the way he looks and speaks and acts and it's just there's a whole world a whole universe right. to that but we see just this little just glimpse, of, glimpse it, of it and there's not this over explaining bullshit right there's no ex- there no there's no explanation we're just like it's like keep up keep up yeah. you know and yeah. i i love that because it just feels so i'm on an adventure here this is the kind of shit i would love as a kid i don't know this is just really good so we learn here that uh, obviously the jewels were stolen, and now Lois is in quantum uncertainty, neither alive nor dead. Basically, he's got a question, right? The Sphinx does a riddle, right? Isn't that like part of the thing, right? Yeah. So I love the, his fucking eyes. So the Ultra Sphinx, you know, basically it has a riddle, and if you answer correctly, Lois is going to live, and if it's incorrectly, it's going to be death. Look at the eyes. This is my judgment. This is his judgment. You two morons stole that necklace, didn't you? <laughs> so pissed. We get the red-eyed, pissed-off oh, Superman. He's, he's so mad. furious, right? Yeah. He's like, man, if anything happens to her, uh, you guys are gonna You're going to the fucking Phantom Zone. Yeah, one-way ticket. To that the is Phantom worse Zone. than death, is it not? I think. But they're like, right? um, they're but they also mention like they tricked Superman. They knew that he would be able to deal with the Ultra Sphinx, so they yeah. kind of put all this together to 
they, have Superman yeah. help them with this stupid thing. They didn't want anything bad to happen to Lois. Why'd you put the necklace on her? Right, exactly. They're just dumb. Yeah, they're they're they just are. two dumb idiots. I love this whole sequence because it, it while it's a like a life and death matter and everything seems so heightened and important. One, it's you know it's Lois Lane, so you're not really that worried about her <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. her life. Like you know she's going to be saved, but it's like it's just it feels so big but at the same time like you're you're safe like you're safe in this story because you know superman's gonna win out right yeah and it and it's like usually i don't like stuff like that where it feels too safe or it feels like it's pulling punches but in a scenario like this it just it works like a like a warm blanket it yeah. just yeah envelops me and i fucking love it <laughs> yeah i love that it's awesome and it's like yeah you're right i mean it's it, it's capturing all those things from those Silver Age comics. I mean, yeah, Lois would be in distress, but we knew that Superman was probably going to save her by the end of the issue, you know? So, yeah, um, I, I do like that. And I like that, like you were talking about, it feels so big and it's so intense, but when Superman is arguing with these guys and he calls them morons, like, I don't know, I just <laughs> yeah. kind of laugh, too. He's oh, very... Yeah. He, he, oh, he, yeah. I, I don't know if it's because of the the sun and what's happening to him, but or just the way that Grant Morrison is writing him, but it seems like he's more emotional and he talks more like him saying, I can't believe that you're doing this, Lois. Why are you flirting with those guys? And him going, Hey, Samson, I don't like you. Yeah. You need to stay away from yeah. like, I feel like that's more than we usually see from his yeah. type of character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. In, in any event, they tell him that if anything goes wrong, they will fight by his side. Well, we won't have to fight and you know it. If you're right, I'll find an answer to his question, whatever it is. Right. So the question is, what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? I love that this is the question, because this is one of those questions that it is the unanswerable question. Like, there mm -hmm. is no definitive. This is one that people have been talking about forever. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. it's one of the first one of these types of questions that you ever hear is this one. And, like, if a tree falls in the forest, like that type of thing, you know, what I mean, which also doesn't really have an answer. So I love that. That was the that was the question. I love um, his answer. I think that's sweet. There's this whole moment, too, right? It takes us through this whole series of emotions because um, he thinks about it, and then he looks at Lois, and he starts to get emotional. And she opens her eyes, and she looks at him. And so he's like, ha, how about this? So something happened right there that he came up with the answer. We yeah. see the moment that he, or that light bulb moment that it arrives to love. He's in love with her. Yes. He's... He's giving in. He's surrendering. He knows, yeah, he knows that there's not a single answer to this question, and he knows that if he were to answer wrong, she would die. So he's he's answering the question, but he's also saying, like, I surrender to your power, your knowledge. Just I want her back. So here's my answer. Right. You're right. Yeah. So it's like all it's all. And that. it could, yeah, it could be read either way. Like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object could be the conflict that they're in, or it could also be. What happens when, you know, someone like this guy falls in love? Well, mm -hmm. right, either yeah. way, the answer is the same. Yeah, yeah. You surrender to these forces. Response acceptable, the Ultra Sphinx says. And so uh, Lois comes out of it. She's like, Superman, I was alive and dead at the same time. It's all right, Lois. It's, it's fine. Let's go to dinner. We have reservations. Right. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. What about our contest? That's hardly what we call a feat of strength, Superman. And Atlas is like, he's right. How about I wrestle you for her? Or is the Mighty Man of Steel a coward after all? 
even the S on his back is yellow. Okay, that's enough. And so Superman's like, all right, both of you. So we cut to them. He's arm wrestling both of them. At the same time. At the same time. And I like how he's like, we're agreed then. If I win... You get in Samson's chronomobile and leave the 21st century right now. You get in Samson's stupid mobile and get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I like this one line where Samson says, I only have one weakness, scissors. His hair being right? right. His powers in his hair. Um, and then uh, Atlas is like, I can't quite seem to get in a comfortable position. Like mm. he's making excuses or whatever. Yeah. It's really great. There's a funny gag because I guess like as they're having this arm wrestle, they're causing the whole thing to come apart. I guess, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this one gag where a big rock falls on Lois and it just cracks in half. Super funny. That's a cute panel. (laughs) But he's like, okay, well, y'all can give up uh, anytime you want or would you like me to actually start trying? Right. Which is like... So, I mean, he breaks both of their arms. Yeah. He breaks both of their arms. So, And he does it while like whistling or whatever, which (laughs) is really great. And the whole thing, the whole structure comes down around them. Yeah, they're on an, an atoll. They sure are, Aubrey. Oh, okay. Very nice. Awesome. I Thank love you for that. geographical information. <laughs> I love the cuts of the uh, newspaper. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cute. Why are both his arms broken? I don't know. I was wondering. What? I, maybe afterwards he was like, let's try the other hand. I can yeah, beat you okay. with this hand. And Superman's like, <laughs> sure. all right. Breaks that one too. I don't know. Atlas scores. Yeah. <laughs> I like them swimming away from their date. That's cute. So is that... um poseidonus yeah we barely yeah. see it right yeah. we just barely like it's like not even important i th- i like that that they just like kind of throw away that all the mer people are waving bye yeah bye <laughs> superman bye superman we already had uh we already had like the romantic dinner scene in the last issue so there's just they're cutting ahead sure of they're cutting yeah, ahead. Okay. there's a sub all the humans had to come on a sub Oh, right. There's the sub. I totally missed that. The mer people are hanging out. So there's a sweet moment where Lois is like, that she has a question. Basically, why me, Superman? You know, she's like, you could have anyone you want. And he's like, well, I guess there has to be one thing I just can't help Lois. Aww. And he's like, you know, there's something I've wanted to do since the very first day we met. Make out on the moon. Yeah. yeah. Fly to the moon and give me a big old kiss. Yeah. Smooching on the moon. Really I love cool. this panel. You, you want to go smooch on the moon, babe? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? If you could. Yeah. We get this final scene with them uh, on the rooftop. I guess they're at her building, or right? Yeah, or I would assume, yeah. And she's like talking about how the effects are wearing off. She can't smell the trees in Canada anymore. She can't see all that gorgeous radio right. anymore. Yeah, so the I like The stars have stopped singing like they were. But then she's like, but I'll never have to put up with that annoying ZZZ of Jimmy's Olsen Superwatch <laughs> as long as I live. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. But it's really nice. I like this panel as they're sitting there because they're they're mirroring each other. Yeah. You know, that's like one of those things like they say uh, a lot of times if you like someone or if, or whatever, you have compatibility with someone, you mirror each other like unintentionally, you sure, know, and they're yeah. both kind of the way that they're sitting. I think that was a really nice detail. And she looks like a normal human woman. Sure. Yeah. With human anatomy. Yeah, I love that. She has she has thighs that move like a human being. Yes, and yes. like you know, her waist is possible. Mm-hmm. But Superman says, you know, I do other things besides being Superman. And she's like, you do a really good Clark Kent impression. Mm. Almost had me fooled. <laughs> Where was Clark said anyway? And he's like, Lois, I have a question for you. I've been meaning to ask you for a long, long time, but things kind of got in the way. Lois, will you? But then she's, she's asleep, asleep already. I like how he carries her, tucks her in. Yeah. 
I want Superman to tuck me into bed. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Sweet dreams, Superwoman, it says. John, you having Superman tuck you in? But uh, we got, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. We get a little detail here. So we see the Daily Planet article that we saw earlier where it says Superman dead. The article is written by Clark Kent. And then there is the ad for Lombard's vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's called the Lexus Samaritan. And it says what happens when an unsolvable force meets an immovable object. Surrender to the new Lexus Samaritan. So I thought that that was funny, too. Super because good. Like, uh, he gave him the thing. He gave him the line or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Or how did that happen? But anyway. Good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I loved that. It, what a great payoff to the issue, too, where he's giving her the outfit. And you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And it's like, yeah, you know, they're going to have some really cool touching adventure. Yes. You know, and I think that paid off really well. Absolutely. Yeah. It, did. it was a lot of fun. Anything about that issue before we move on, Chris? Uh, so I could drop in a little bit of my hot take. Oh, yeah. Is Do that, that. The, one, one of the reasons I chose these two issues uh, as, for as much as I love this series they're actually my least two favorite of the run. Okay. Um, but I knew I could have fun discussing them. Uh, whereas some of the, some of the other issues get a little too heady and a little too emotional where sure. I'd probably start rambling and try to sound philosophical while I'm discussing them. Uh, yeah, but it's I a ha- club. Oh, I know. You're supposed to um, do that. <laughs> type that up. Type that up and we'll do, type. you can do a, yeah, do a hey damn guys for that. Uh, discussing this issue with you guys has made me like it even more. Yay! Um, I've always really appreciated the through line of Lois having powers and him uh, making a suit for her and all that stuff. It's very sweet and cute, and it shows like his kind of sillier romantic side, like silly in a sweet way. Yeah. Um, but like Samson and Atlas always annoy me so much. That <laughs> oh I, yeah. I, I, like I've always kind of like flipped through this issue, like when I've reread. But yeah, no, I I definitely enjoyed it even more. I think they're fucking funny. Guys. I don't awesome. know. I kind of they are yeah. funny. I thought that they was funny. funny. They're just dummies. They're just dummies. Yeah, I like them. I mean, I don't like them, but, the, but you know, they're entertaining. It's right? a, they're a, they're a funny little foil. Yeah. Like they create the, a funny two, situation. Um, well, they actually create a pretty dope ass situation with the Ultra Sphinx. <laughs> Yeah, Christopher, Egan, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a smoothie creamsicle hard seltzer what? from 450 North Brewing Company. That sounds fucking amazing. Wow. Nice. That sounds fucking great. That sounds really good. It's made with caracara uh, orange, vanilla cream, and banana. Oh. Wow. I picked it up thinking it was a beer. Um, nice. And then when I got home, I realized it was a hard seltzer because I have... I've purchased other smoothie beers so in the past. <laughs> I'm a little floaty. Love it. Nice. I'm also really tired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lois, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Superman come pick you up and tuck you in. Oh, that would be that'd be sweet. Yeah, no one tells you this when you have a kid that it's exhausting. No one ever says that, right? <laughs> I could have told you that though. I would have told you that. I don't have any kids, but I it looks like it's exhausting. It seems like it would be. Well, it's good on good. you. Good yes. good on you, Dad. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Good us. job, Dad. Yeah, we appreciate oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. I'm not I'm not that tired. I, I was I wasn't gonna miss this. <laughs> So All right. What we, do we have uh, so our issue four here. We've got the cover. So I like that it's got the uh, dialogue. Yeah, the license plate is the signature. But I like that it's got the word bubble on there where he's like, "If I can't get these crazy future weapons to work, I'm dead." And so is everyone else. Like Very that's, old school. That's how those old school comics were, where they had like some. You were already seeing the dialogue and yeah. parts of the story. But a lot of times, like it wasn't stuff that happened in the issue. Oh, or, sure. You know what I mean? Or right. Exactly. But um, I do like this. They've actually removed that dialogue from the 
uh, trade. Oh, version. did they? Yeah. They took out the like, joke? <laughs> Why would you take jokes out? Yeah, it's it's like a it's just the image from the cover, whereas in the deluxe edition, that page it's the full cover with the Superman title okay, and all that cool. all that text. Right on. So oh, they, nice. They okay. reinstated it. I did want to give a little bit of a disclaimer before we get into this issue. Yeah. Um, because there's uh, this ongoing joke about a gypsy's curse. Which is a slur and, and so, not at all cool. And, 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 you know, and I think like, not that that term has ever been like totally cool, but, no. you know, like I think more in recent years, people have become more aware of that. Yes. And, you know, so yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's a kind of a recurring thing in here. And it's kind of like a punchline, you know what yeah, I mean? Not and, good. Um, and so not good at all having something be a quote-unquote gypsy's curse it was like a tv trope at the time yeah you know what i mean like it was kind of one of those things that they but there's no excuse for it it's a horrible slur so in this episode we will be replacing that word with the word wizard which is fine it's a wizard's curse wizards yeah we can do that this issue is like 18 years old just for anybody that's coming into it new right yes Um, this, this wasn't written last year so we're starting off that's it. We're through, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Incredible start. So this introduces us to Lucy Lane. This is Jimmy Olsen's girlfriend. Uh, Lucy and, Lane. Uh, was it Ann Lois' sister? Yeah, but they... <laughs> it, well, in other continuities, she's Lois's sister, but in here they don't allude to that. She first appeared in Earth One continuity in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 36 in 1959 and then in this in this uh she's like kind of like a different character that's it we're through jimmy olsen you've just been named the worst dressed man in metropolis for the second year right so so upset and we can see if we look in the in the magazine that she's reading that leo quintum it was the best dressed yeah remember he was in that ridiculous he was in that like rainbow coat or whatever that's a good coat yeah i mean i wouldn't wear it but it looks good on him that's that's a jacket that only frank quietly could draw yeah yeah yeah. from the other room jimmy responds it's not fair he was doing one of his four a day reports that day that he was worse dressed and he was down and out in medieval england and the year before they gave us not the homeless olympics is also very yeah that's another one let's just skip it and so make all uh, the excuses you want pal Rock Handsome, the space pilot, has asked me to go with him to the opening of Frankenstein on Ice, and I'm seriously thinking about taking him up on it. Rock Handsome. What the fuck are we talking about? (laughs) So, Rock Handsome, again, that's not anything. It's just a name that they threw in there, but you get the Yeah, you get get the the idea. You know, you get the idea of who he is. Sounds like the name that Mark Wahlberg's character from Boogie Nights would come up with. (laughs) Or his his other name. Yeah. I feel like this, this dialogue is obviously, it's very, like, old school silver age yeah it's supposed to be wordy but i also feel like she's she's joking around with him sure she's, she's serious yeah she's smiling because because the way the way it's like written out it could be taken like she's serious and just very shallow or she is flat out joking with him no she's being silly yeah she's, I think that, she's yeah. joking around there's like some sarcasm being conveyed in the body language I think. absolutely especially as she's the, like sipping her hat and all what are you gonna the, do to yeah, reinstate yourself in my affections before it's too late yeah like it's very yeah you know yeah. They're, she's just she's just joshing him but he's like, it's all because a wizard cursed me with bad luck until right. the next full moon. And he's worse like, dress. What are they talking about? I'm Jimmy Olsen. I look great. Yeah. And so we cut to Jimmy Olsen. He's dressed as a woman or something like that. He's got like a we're, we're, we're going to get this joke. Jimmy in, a little in drag. <laughs> yeah. We basically, love it. Yes. Which is a callback to uh, an issue of 
uh, Superman's pal, where he cross-dressed to get on a story. Get it, girl? Oh, really? The, um, awesome. Yeah, in, in, in that series, he, he used costumes all the time. And also, oddly enough, transformed and had powers in a lot of the issues and would end up fighting like monsters and stuff. It was nice. What's these bonkers. video games? Yeah. Do you know any of these? Um, wait, what are you talking about? Video games. Oh, right. He's got some sort of like a VR helmet. It looks like an, an, a real early prototype of the Oculus. <laughs> sure. I thought that was his video games thing. That's where you put the video games into. Oh, that's the console, you yeah. think? I thought it was like a headpiece. Oh, yeah. because oh, the controllers oh, yeah. are next to it. Yeah. Oh, you mean you get a controller for an Oculus? Oh, I, I don't know anything about the Oh, Oculus. yeah, yeah. The these double French like doors going into his costume room. Chris, do you know any of these other details here? Like, he's in a, like, a turtle costume or something like that? Well, I know he's dressed up as a turtle and became like Turtle Boy or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's all... it's. I would say 99% of it is from the Superman's uh, pal series. Okay. And then occasionally in the main like action comics or Superman, he would also do like undercover costuming. But for the most part, I think that it's just referencing that other than the cross-dressing and the turtle, everything else seems to be a, just a reference to him using costumes. Right. It's not there's a, like a ray gun. A there's like a Viking helmet yeah. pictures of him and Superman. There's the genie's lamp from Aladdin. Oh, yeah. right. Well, we were also talking about um, the flame bird costume. There was an issue of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 69 from 1963, where he was flame bird from Nightwing and flame bird or whatever. And that's kind of like what the flame bird costume kind of looks like. So we cut to the daily planet. I love this opening panel. Perry White's like, I have to hand it to you, Olsen. Half the guys in this country hate you. The other half want to be you. And let's not forget the half that wants to date you. That's like, three halves, Chief, and so far they're all guys. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that was hilarious. Um, so it turns out he's doing these fur a day features, and they're really popular. Perry asks him how he will top I was America's sweetheart for a day. That's why he was dressed in yeah. drag, because he was America's sweetheart. Right on. So I was trying to think, who is America's sweetheart, you know? Um, Shirley Temple for the longest time was considered America's sweetheart, um, but I looked this up. Well, he wasn't dressed as Shirley fucking Temple. That's he wasn't. Sure. I found articles from previous years where Julia Roberts was America's sweetheart, Sandra Bullock. The year that this came out, it was Reese Witherspoon was America's sweetheart, and also Taylor Swift has been called America's sweetheart. So anyway, I had to look that up. I was like, who's America's sweetheart? <laughs> it's just a generic thing, but I had to look it up anyway. <laughs> There you go. Jimmy, uh, he continues to describe his... Jonah Hill, America's sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> it's me, Jonah Hill, America's sweetheart. J-Bug, J-Bone, your friend. Oh, he is a sweetheart. He is a sweetheart. <laughs> so Jimmy continues describing his new feature. Picture this, Chief. He says, some say space is the final frontier, but for me, Jimmy Olsen, it was one small step in an incredible journey and a chance to swap my size threads for a coveted coat of many colors so we cut to project right and i think they do talk about that it is on the moon um so yeah, it's we, on the we moon. talked about that last time right and i love how quintum's telling him i love your for the day feature whatever like that's the first line <laughs> that he's telling him so with project being on the moon i wonder like did they did they spot him and lois making out or were they on a different part of the moon were they all like looking at the moon and go Woo! yeah i would like to think like they're making out and then you just kind of pan over and just like <laughs> hi hi the, uh, say superman 
Superman's like, hi, hi, hello. The the woo of a 90s sitcom audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like your columns. They take seven minutes to read, which is coincidentally the amount of time that it requires me to shit. Yeah, basically. I take a shit for seven minutes. Tell him, Agatha. He, he loves, loves them. them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That was really good. So Quintum here is getting ready to go on a mission. And he tells Jimmy that he's taking his war cops with him. But Jimmy will have the rest of Project's resources. And Olsen's like, I have my own super bodyguard in case anything goes wrong. And he shows his signal watch. We've seen it a couple times here. We haven't really talked about it. It first appeared in Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, issue one in 1954. Um, he wears a specially designed wristwatch that's capable of emitting a high-frequency ultrasonic signal that only Superman can hear. It's made of, like, special materials and all this kind of stuff. It's got a certain look to it in this comic yeah. that's a little different from what we've seen previously. Who played who played Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Superman movie? Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, he Jesse would be Eisenberg. a good Jimmy Olsen instead, I think, okay. of that. I thought you said you hated this version of Jimmy Olsen. Oh, I don't like him at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's trying to say she doesn't like Jesse Eisenberg. Either. Okay. No, he's a fine actor. I just, I, you know, I feel like he could play a sniveling dipshit right. really well. Yeah, I'm, I, I still don't understand why this version of Jimmy is so, like, smarmy. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. He I guess they're, I guess they're like just that. trying to do something different. Yeah, but he is kind of like that. You're right. I'm the world's most annoying man. Superman's my best friend for some reason. <laughs> you mean Superman, like, the greatest guy? Who has the best personality ever? He's your best fr- fucking friend. What is that about? Well, he may be Superman. May be his best friend, but he's definitely not Superman. Okay, <laughs> all right. So Quintum here has been communicating with the electrokind gaslight forms that communicate through vision, and so he's learned how to communicate with them. Um, Superman rescued their light ship. And they've invited Quintum to visit their home planet. So he's like, I can't pass that up. These guys look like the guys uh, from uh, the Mike Mignola draws. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those guys look like those guys. The, what do you mean, just like the Skellington guys? No, the uh, the, the light guys. They're the, made out of light. The Secret Fire guys? Yeah, Secret Fire guys. Oh, right, the Watchers. Yeah. yeah okay. I like this. This whole thing is totally, this is the first appearance of all of this stuff, too. But it's just like. We're just making this up. Guy you Morrison, know what I mean? Frank Wiley. The Electrokine. We're going to go visit their they home They give you little and... glimpses of the coolest shit you've yeah. ever seen or heard of, and they're just like, okay, but enough of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk exactly. about how much of a shit Jimmy Olsen is. So this is Jimmy's feature for the next 24 hours. I'm walking in the shoes of the world's foremost eccentric zillionaire daredevil as leader of the ultimate futurist think tank from the Sea of Ingenuity on the dark side of the moon. Jimmy Olsen presents, I was project director for a day. So much for the wizard's curse, he says. Okay, Project's obviously an acronym. Can anyone tell me what it stands for? I like that line because I actually tried to figure out what it stands for, and there it, it never it's never explained. Like how they're all just like, <laughs> oh man, this guy's he's so obnoxious. We have so much work to do. I, I, God. Um, Everyone's face. I do like that he gets to wear the the coat, the coat, jacket because yeah. he just got named worst dressed, and Leo Quintum was best dressed, and yeah. so now he's wearing, he's wearing that. It. What he, yeah. Anyway, I like this one guy. He's like, I have dedicated my existence to explaining the unified field in the form of a perfect high Q. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, man. all so, right. Yes. Dude. He's Ag- like, what is that about? Agatha explains that they're all programmed for a predetermined social role. 
And so we see the guy in the background. He's like trying to work it out. Yeah. So imagine the forces unified is to begin the unification. Too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> That's also not what haikus are about. Like people focus too much on the number of syllables, but it's also about like the form. I don't know. There's more elements to it than right. that. You know, okay. there's there's like it has to it has to fit within the guidelines of those syllables, but it also has to evoke in a, like a specific emotional yeah it usually has attachment. to do with well it usually has to do with yeah emotional you know things or like seasons and like the changing of it has to kind of flow in a certain way the and reach a specific outcome it. yeah it's like there's there's got to be a journey there and so it's like it's not supposed to be just a static statement that is a certain number of syllables it's supposed to like right anyway there's like there's more to yeah. it than that but anyway this is an interesting panel here that he gets to use like, ooh, these things are getting spicy. What's this? Right. They pass by this red section that ominously says, do not open until doomsday. I love it. I love this panel. Yeah, it's pretty it's fucked really up good. and yeah. awesome. It's like weird and upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird and upsetting. It. We love it. Like, why is why is it like handwritten like that when everything else is like yeah. engraved? Yeah. And it's like it's just like someone like drew on the door and it's creepy. It is creepy. It's like a creepy font too or whatever. Well yeah. it's handwriting. Yeah. Even the forty one over to the side is still like is dripping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy wants to check it out, but Agatha says it's too dangerous. Doomsday is a legacy project from the facility's origin with the army's Cadmus division. So Project Cadmus is a fictional genetic engineering project in the DC Comics universe. Um, and I think in the animated movie, they created Doomsday. Although in the comic, Doomsday's from Krypton, right? Yeah. yeah. But in the... Yeah. In Awful the, lot of people coming yeah. from a planet that's been exploded. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Doomsday first came around, there was no origin, and I think that was better. Right, right. right. Yeah. Was it Was it there was no origin? or I thought there was always like a... Like a tie to Kryptonian DNA. Uh, from what I remember, it was just like he was buried under a mountain for centuries or something like that. And he did trying to get his way out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think the Kryptonian thing came about until later. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, but Olsen's like, I want to see all this cool stuff. Do I want to see the vault that contains a highly dangerous experimental stem cell accelerator designed to transform a soldier into an unstoppable killing machine. I want to see it. Yes. He's like, that's the ex kind of excitement I need for my feature. But Agatha redirects him to why they're really down there to check in on the portal to the Underverse. You have my attention again. I want to yeah. check on the portal to the Underverse. So Absolutely, uh, I do. Ag Agatha explains that they've discovered a world of super heavy gravity hidden beneath the known structure of the universe. Um, and so they have bizarro technicians down there mining for materials. Bizarro? Infra technicians are mining for materials. Remember, we saw those bizarro technicians, yeah, over in the previous mm -hmm. issue. But like the the fact that they, they were planted that early on for this storyline, oh right, is incredible. Right, yeah, I yeah. just think that's super neat. They're coming know. back to all the different. Well, we're gonna see yeah. more of that, right? And the operator of this weird crane-like thing says that they have something, but it's overloading the equipment. Uh, whatever they're trying to pull up is destroying everything. It's pulling down the crane. It starts to collapse everything into the portal. Jimmy Olsen hangs precariously by a flimsy piece of scaffolding. Memo to self, he says, never mess with the, the wizard. The king of the wizards. The king of the wizards or whatever. Don't let go. You'll be crushed to atoms. 
I wish you would crush him to atoms. But he, <laughs> we also see that he activates the super watch. Yeah, he sure Because did. it's like going, it, we see the sound effect. Over at the Daily Planet, Perry White is giving Clark Kent some rare praise. Look at how he's sitting. But Clark isn't paying attention. Are you listening, Kent? I may not dish out praise like this for another hundred years. My land, Perry. I just remembered. <laughs> I left the oven on at home. He's like, uh, I'll have the Luther interview on your desk by Friday. Oh, my what? My land. Oh, I my like land. <laughs> oh, my land. Oh, my days. I love that. Oh, my stars. That's what, uh, that's what Clark says. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I like the way he's sitting on the couch. He's all... He's all meek the yeah, way that he's sitting he's like there. He curls himself into like a little, yeah. His little poser. Um, it's really great, but like when he's putting on the the jacket and running out, mm-hmm. he looks like Superman. Even he does. Though he's still Clark. Like he's starting to embody. Yeah. 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 He's all Superman. And that bottom panel of him just like taking off. That's I love that. Good that's stuff, so great. Yeah. Yeah. So he's immediately there to help with this. Um, he saves Jimmy. Who asks if Superman's okay, and he's like, I felt a little faint for a moment. He couldn't save the person that fell in there, but maybe he can bring up what they've discovered. If you, if you look at his eyes are super red, so he's he's really straining really hard oh, wow. to pick this yeah, up. So his, eye, his, his eyes are all red with lasers because he's trying so hard to do this. I didn't feat. realize that. Yeah, his eyes are barely open, but if you look in there, if you zoom in like we're doing on the iPad. That's a cool. That's really cool. I love when they pull this thing or when he pulls this thing up. I think that's awesome. It's a black rock. There's so so much action, though, in this panel. Agatha says, Superman, I don't want to worry you, but I think you should slowly back away from that object while we spin a gravity bottle to contain it. Caution. Super heavy, unknown inframaterials have penetrated normal space. Yes. That's pretty scary. It's black kryptonite. The origins of this kryptonite was most likely inspired by the synthetic kryptonite found in Superman 3. In the movie, Gus Gorman attempts to create kryptonite, substituting an unknown ingredient with tar. While this version is still green in color, it has the same effect on Superman as black kryptonite here. But she's Uh, describing it as a new isotope at the low-frequency end of the K-mineral spectrum. Seems we've dug up a radioactive fragment of your homeworld that's been buried for years in the Underverse. Right. Also about the, the black kryptonite in there, how it makes him evil and all that. In Smallville, red kryptonite, instead of giving him like weird mutations and all that made him go bad. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And black kryptonite was actually created for Smallville. It had never been used in any of the mediums before. Oh, Oh, okay. Actually in that version, it split Kryptonians into their two halves. So good and evil. Oh, weird. So that, so in that there was like two Clarks running around and he had to, capture his evil self to put themselves back together (laughs) so that's what it's one of the kryptonites that it's like changed almost every time it's been used i guess there's at this point there's probably some like streamlined canon of it but right for like the first 15 years or so it was like every time you saw black kryptonite it did something different depending who the writer was right okay i just found it interesting that it was created for smallville yeah, you would think that somebody would have come up with that in the 90s. They would have been like, oh, black yeah. kryptonite turns him goth. <laughs> but it was like, they, they, they definitely pulled from a few, for Smallville, they pulled from a few different things, including Superman 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Jimmy Olsen's like, oh, I don't like this. You know, K-radiation can kill you. And Superman's like, well, I just learned that I became immune to green K, Jimmy. 
can't say I feel any physical effects from this sample. I guess I'm fine. But even in that panel, his face, face. you can already tell that something's a little different. And then we focus in on that black crypto yeah. ball. I really like that. That's really good storytelling. Glad to hear it, Superman. Glad to hear it. Uh, for a moment there, I just thought, like, maybe you were turning evil. Right. He's like, I thought I couldn't help think about that wizard's curse. And so he sees that Superman, I guess, has, like, burned a... Uh, did he burn it or scratch it with his fingernail? Like how? What, how did he get that in there? I I figured he scratched it with his fingernail. Yeah, okay. You see okay. little wood you chips. Some little curly it. wood chips. And so we get these like different colored word bubbles. Um, it's they're like turning from white to to gray black. to black. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. He's kind of that's to show like the yeah. kind of evolution of that. That's R- neat, right? And he's like, uh, like I don't have enough to do without bailing you out of every stupid scrape or whatever. And he's like, you'd be dead without me. Yeah, he's getting he's getting meaner with each he's sentence. Getting meaner and meaner. With yes, with each sentence, and then he's like, ah, it's cheap moon based furniture. Quintum's loaded anyway. About the because he defaced the yeah yeah the desk or whatever. He's like, ah, oh, it'll be worth more because I have my autograph on it. And then he starts like breaking shit and everything. And he's like fighting it too, um, as like it's taking over him or whatever. But he's like, Jimmy, I know what Black K does. It makes me bad. And you know what? Part of me is starting to like that idea, and he blasts his later Jeez. vision that, you know, Olsen just jumps out of the way to miss it. And then uh, he regains himself for a second. He's like, Jim, I'm in a jam. I need your help. So, like, he pleads with him at that moment, you know what I mean, to, like, do something, and then it takes over, you know, whatever, the black K. I love his expressions through each panel. Yeah. Like yeah. Panel com- like a completely different face, and it's just clearly he's changing and struggling against it but he's just like part of him i think is liking the dark side taking over yeah yeah and like some of these expressions you know what i mean where he's like really looks evil um are really awesome good stuff yeah and i like the um before he takes off through the ceiling whatever's going on with his eyes there like yeah blue gray right well he's like look at them swarming like futile little bugs in the sun so he's like he's looking at the earth oh he's looking at the earth right he's like looking through the yeah moon that's his to that's the his earth and he vision. can see all the people that's yeah. his x-ray his, vision well yeah. in his micro vision he yeah. can like look at the earth yeah. from there yeah but he just takes off and crashes through the thing because you see it's like it's there's light emanating from his eyes yeah mm-hmm. so he can see the earth that's neat jimmy olsen he goes straight into action mode he's like superman helped create three anti-super superman weapons one was kryptonite powered, which is currently ineffective. The second is the Phantom Zone cannon. Um, so they're getting that ready from its lead shielding or whatever to use that. But he's like, the Phantom Zone, but that's a no-exit ride to oblivion. Agatha says that they don't have a choice. Superman could crack the Earth in half or enslave all of humanity. Jimmy Olsen's like, he saved my life a zillion times. What about the third weapon? It's Doomsday, right? We cut over to this fucking crazy image. It's so spectacular of like Superman... He's fighting those Bizarro technicians and those Voyager Titans. Remember we saw that Voyager Titan in that previous mm-hmm. issue? So he's mm-hmm. just like fighting all of those. That's awesome. And then he just like yeah. goes down through to Earth and he like crashes through the Daily Planet. He's a Bizarro guy. Yeah, yeah. It's Bizarro Kryptonite. It really kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the Bizarro verse that they're mining. Oh, is that what the underverse is? I guess. Is, I mean, think? I don't know because it's they, that's where they brought up the the bizarro kryptonite, the black kryptonite. Oh, right, because bizarro. he starts saying like, "Where am Lois Lane?" Like yeah. he starts like kind of talking like Bizarro. 
He's starting to talk like the bizarre Superman that we know. But the image of him crashing through the planet is just like this perfect encapsulation of like something he would never do. It's just this. Yeah. It's just this perfect image of of the opposite of what we expect. Right. Yeah. So we see Jimmy Olsen there. He confronts Superman. He's like, I can't let you embarrass yourself like this. And we see that he's got like this little gun syringe thing. Superman turns around. He like lifts a car over his head and then he burns like all the street in front of Jimmy Olsen. That's the cover right there yeah this moment and this panel is the cover of the issue i kind of like that he could kill this dude you know what i mean like very easily there's this one really cool moment where he shoots him with his laser vision but he blocks it with the watch because the watch is indestructible and it's made all these materials and then it comes back and it hits superman i thought that was pretty dope you know what i mean like that's pretty cool Um, yeah he's kind of turning into bizarro man if you look at his face he looks like all bizarro Oh, right. Turning into a a big bizarro man. He's also listening to Agatha. And she's like, this doomsday thing is too unstable. And without a hypnotic trigger to bring you back, doomsday will overwhelm your mind. So that's like a crucial piece of information. Yeah, she's trying to be like, look, we need to to shoot this guy into the phantom zone. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, So, But Jimmy says that he's thought of everything. And he's like, and the gun's not for you, Superman. And so he sticks himself with that syringe gun thing. I hate where he's sticking it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not where you'd put it. It reminds like, me. Have you ever been like, have you ever been like jabbed there, like under your jaw? There's no way he'd put like, it there. Ooh. Like, it's uncomfortable. Just like put your finger yeah. there. It's uncomfortable There's even no like way. the press. There's no way in hell. No, definitely not. It reminds me like of Eon Flux for some reason. There's a lot of like oh, yeah. stuff like this where people are getting jabbed in a weird spot. You put something. it in your thigh or your butt or something. Yeah, right? yeah, like you, or your arm yeah. or something. You put it in your in your big old butt cheek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or what about right here under your chin? No. <laughs> <laughs> you'd put it where you put a uh, an EpiPen. You'd stick it in yeah, your thigh yeah. on the side of your thigh. <laughs> So he sticks himself with this thing, and it's the Doomsday stuff, right? So he immediately starts to transform into Doomsday. I love how Superman's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> that's the first thing that he says. I like that the watch stays on. Yeah, it's oh, stretchy. you're right. Just in case he yep. gets transmogrified into a big hole. it's indestructible. Beast. Yeah. Oh, but there's... Sorry, sorry, baby, the watch stays on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for sure. There's a funny little detail here I just noticed where Superman's like, what am you talk about? You see the little bow ties coming off. Yeah. You see the little bow tie flying through the air right now? Oh, yeah, that's so cool. It's popping off of him, I guess, or something like that. So what did you guys think of this? We got Jimmy Olsen. He's become Doomsday. Yeah. I mean, we knew that they were going to introduce Doomsday once you saw the Doomsday project. So I like how they obscured his big old craggledy rock wiener with some smoke. I guess they got to do that. Yeah. Obviously, we knew Doomsday was going to come in some form. It's like it's um, obviously this is creative that it's Jimmy Olsen that's fighting Superman as yeah. Doomsday. I think that's yeah. neat. That's a, that's a yeah. fun two twist. friends, yeah, clashing. They're they're both transformed in one way or another. Yeah, and it's a callback to the Silver Age Jimmy Olsen stuff where he was constantly turning into creatures and getting superpowers for like one issue. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I think I think in that respect, it's a success. Sure. Uh, I think. And I, maybe I'll save it till the end of the issue, but I I think overall it's not the best use of Doomsday in this. Well, that's what I was going to say is that for something like Doomsday and all the gravity that they give to it, even through the characters in this issue, they kind of just fuck around with it. It's you know what joke, I mean? They yeah. kind of use it as like, oh, ha ha, cool. <laughs> 
You I think that's kind I mean? of funny, honestly. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, kind of, I kind of thought that was a fun I, twist. I thought it was interesting that they kind of take the gravitas out of it almost a little bit. Yeah. I like that not everything has to have gravitas, though. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, and it, it works. Uh, well, I guess it, wor- it works in that way as well. But also, I'm, I'm also trying to figure out if in this world, has Superman fought Doomsday? Like, has, is that a thing that's happened? And now Project or Cadmus or whoever had this like leftover DNA well, as like a contingency plan. So like, ha- is it like doomsday 2.0? Well, I kind of assumed that they had, because they mentioned that Superman had created three projects to uh, stop him. If he ever went bad and this was the third one mentioned. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, he, and the, I think the fact that he fears him, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, uh, right. You know, I, I think like recognize or else. He, why would this mean anything to right, anyone? Yeah. 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 I, and I think that that's kind of funny. Too, yeah. It's super is funny. That he, he's afraid of it. Yeah. So I, I think if if in this world, if he has he already fought Doomsday and died, then this works much better yeah, than if it's I think just so. a, like a weird one off. Yeah. The, it's this Earth's this Earth's Doomsday is Jimmy Olsen and he was Doomsday for five minutes. Oh, no, right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it works better if it's yeah. Doomsday already happened. And this is like what yeah. happened with the Doomsday DNA. Or and, whatever. But it's hard to it's hard to figure out what is what are I don't they think it matters. In I don't canon, think it matters. You know I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it, in, it, the long, in the long run, I don't, th- I don't think it matters. Like, you know, it's not like a question of like canon no. or continuity. It's more of a do the implications of a past fight make this fight more resonant within the story yeah, yeah. is it yeah is it more important is it more, i thought it was it a fucking cool idea i yeah. thought it was i thought it was an interesting yeah, idea yeah. at the very least yeah it's totally it made the jimmy olsen storyline to me let me say this like more tolerable i was like oh, i can't take a whole issue of this guy and then it was like oh they're yeah. gonna actually do something interesting with it okay yeah, well i yeah. guess that's fine you know they're gonna fight because yeah, otherwise he's just bipping and bopping around yeah exactly like whiny weirdo <laughs> i like this panel we must fire the cannon 30 seconds, Mr. President. Yeah. I like that it's this, like... <laughs> yeah. He's like, will you, just, will you just shoot Superman out of the Phantom Zone already? Yeah. He's ready to do it. And she tells Jimmy Olsen, she's like, look, you've got 30 seconds yeah. before, you know, it's going to take over you and they're going to have to shoot everybody. The action is incredible. I love when he, like, shoots him with the laser eyes or whatever. So he takes down Superman. I mean, Superman's, like, scared after that. You know what I mean? After that initial blast or whatever he's the opposite of superman he's like oh me get weaker yeah so earlier she said you need a hypnotic trigger or whatever so now he's like subdued superman and then the watch starts to go off so i guess that was the trigger that he built himself into the thing so he could devolve back into jimmy olsen so we see that happening here i thought it was it was kind of sweet that the first line is like don't let anyone see him like this yeah you know what i mean his his foremost thought is to protect superman and his image, I guess, and all that. And cover himself with Superman's cape. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't have that craggly doomsday wiener anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, but Nathan and I are the producers of a Broadway smash, Frankenstein on Ice. Here are some VIP tickets for the opening night. You and Superman just saved our lives from that terrible monster. He's like, uh... huh? <laughs> oh, man. Frankenstein. I like how they come back around to that. Yeah. So silly. <laughs> Best for a day, and I can never tell anyone. He's like recovering. He's yeah. got he's like laying on a couch with a pillow and a blanket. I love Superman's body language as he yeah. comes out. He's like stretching himself. He's Superman. like, oh, what a nightmare. Aw, stretching around. The black K Superman was everything you're not, Jimmy says. A bully, a coward, a liar. Weird thing is, 
the worse he acted, the weaker he became. Just as well. I hope you'll take anything I said back there with a pinch of salt. Yeah. The little expression, too. That they yeah, he's a sweetie. Yeah. Just a little sweetie pie. But yeah, just the way he's kind of like moving himself there. He's like, ah, oh, I'm back yeah. to me again. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. It's, it's really cool what they do with the body language. Absolutely, I agree. And he goes, I'm glad I can always count on my pal to think <laughs> fast in a crisis. Yeah. Anytime, Superman. That's great. So uh, there's this one joke where Agatha's like, we used all of our budget in one day. Yeah, right. You've got <laughs> limited resources. I checked the secret bank account in Zurich. There's an infinity sign in the credit column. <laughs> She's like, you can't know that. Yeah, well, I know that already. So yeah. shut up. No firewalls, Olsen proved. Even Superman kind of looks like I'm like, yeah, you got nice, it. Nice, nice. <laughs> He's like, I still have 10 hours left as project director. Ugh. And a couple of last requests including a large-scale, short-term cosmetic alteration to the moon, which I'd like to commission. I I wish Superman had obliterated him with his eye lasers. That's what I wish. Just everything from the neck up gone. Just gone. Yeah. Just a big big smoking crater where his his fucking skull used to be. Oh, so we... um... Awful. We see another view of his... uh... So we cut back to his apartment. Um, we can kind of see in there, there's a big bowling pin. I just noticed that right now. That must be from another issue of the oh, Jimmy yeah. Olsen's Pow or whatever. Um, that Superman comic. I also like how this first panel has that little, you can kind of see Jimmy coming up to his own door. Yeah, yeah. And then the other back here is the chest where all his costumes were. Yeah. Yeah, she's watching the news. Yeah, she's watching the news. <laughs> and it's panels from the issue of Superman fighting Doomsday Jimmy Olsen. Uh, what happened so- with Rock Handsome, he says. He was arrested for selling mind-bending Mars rock on eBay. How was your assignment? You missed Superman beating up a monster downtown. Assignment? Behold, the mayor of Dullesville. At least I got to look through Leo Quentin's wardrobe. 365 rainbow coats, all identical. Don't you have, can't you do laundry? Why would you need 365 of them? You wouldn't need that many coats. Unlimited budget. You wouldn't need that many coats. <laughs> Maybe you want to wear a new one every day. He throws them into like an atomizer at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> Maybe he has like a similar problem with like a Hellboy. He's, his coat's always getting fucked oh, up. Oh, yeah, with sure. People are taking him too. Yeah, he's got his are... coat. <laughs> he's got his jacket. The next panel should have been Quintum going 364. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Olsen. Olsen. <laughs> uh, so Jimmy's uh, to Lucy. He's like, oh, and by the way. Have you seen the moon? What do you think? Did my curse wear off? And so on the moon, it says, I love Lucy. And he's holding two tickets. And if you zoom in, the tickets say Frankenstein Frank on, on Ice. <laughs> tonight. Because that was the I'd whole thing is that she want, yeah. he, he was the worst dressed and she wanted to see Frankenstein on Ice. And so now, now he's, he's got the jacket. He's got the jacket and he's got the tickets. And she's like, Jimmy Olsen, get over here. Get over here so I can beat you to a pulp <laughs> for defacing the moon. Awful well, man. Short, say it was temp- it a a temporary short. commission. Awful man. Oh man, I had Although, fun with that one. I thought that was pretty good. It made me want to look more into this Superman pals Jimmy Olsen stupid. He defaced the fucking of moon. All the dumb stuff that happened. What I mean, an you know absolute that, you know that, uh, fucking dipshit. When, when Jack Kirby went over to uh, DC for the first time, he started working on Jimmy Olsen's pal Superman, and that's where he started introducing the uh, fourth world stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a long running series too. There's a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although uh, if I was just sitting around and I, let's say I walk outside right now and I see up on the moon, it says, I love Lucy. I'd be like, who defaced the moon with, you know, TV uh, graffiti? No. <laughs> yeah. That, I would. No, 
dissolve this man in acid. <laughs> or like dip from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Sure. I, I've Ugh. never seen that. So, <laughs> oh, I'm not recommending any what? more movies. Right no? Now. Okay. <laughs> Daniel, you, you've never seen Roger Rabbit? No. It's incredible. Is he good? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's an incredible movie. Okay. I have seen Cool World. Is it like Cool World? It's like a good cool version world of is cool the world. shitty. Version. I love Cool World. That's a fucking terrible movie, but I do like it. Oh, Roger Rabbit's a masterpiece. Yeah. Okay, five five star masterpiece. Okay, I would agree with that. I love Roger. And Rabbit. Aubrey, I would love it if you would please continue recommending. Oh, yeah, no, movies to you me. Know, I will. Please do. I will. Your your reactions to them are hilarious. I will. What? No, you. So first of all, most movies that you recommend, I absolutely love to death. But even the ones that. I don't are still very entertaining. So either way, I would appreciate it if you would always, always recommend oh, movies to me and I'll always watch them. It'll always be a good fun yeah. time for me for sure. Yeah. But um, that was fun. I liked, uh, I think that that was the, that was their tribute to that comic, right? To sure. the Jimmy Olsen Definitely. comic. Yeah. You know, in this issue. Oh yeah. And so yep. um, I like that they got to focus on him and do something fun with Superman. You know, it's kind of, I don't know. It seems kind of cliche to just be like, let's just do evil Superman. But I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And it was pretty scary, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they did a good job with it. Well, their version of evil, evil Superman wasn't as just like over the top as like we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. You know. Yeah. I like them talking about the fail safes that they had in place that Superman put in place. Like he, you know. Yeah. He's like, look, if I ever go evil, you're going right. to want to have something yeah. done about it, probably, because yeah. I could cause a lot of damage. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like shoot me into the Phantom Zone, you know, have a secret lead lined thing. Right, right. Pretty cool. Stuff like that. And and the, their their story device, it also like took Kryptonite out of it too, because that's the one thing. Yeah. It's always like, oh, we got to do something to Superman, Kryptonite. Well, he's not. Let's do the Kryptonite. Susceptible thing. To Kryptonite right and now. they're like, yeah. oh, well, no, Kryptonite, you can't do it. Yeah. Can't we, do it. We've written it out. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, too, to like it's have tough. to come up with something different. All right. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. I'm excited to hear everyone else's thoughts. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. That was uh, two more issues of All Star Superman. Uh, as you can all tell, this is one of our favorite series, and I hope it's one of yours. Uh, let us know what you thought of these two issues. Send us a hey, you damn guys at Book Club Member Comics at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Book Club Member Comics and on Twitter, Book Club Members. Tell and us at- what sort of extrajudicial killing uh, Jimmy Olsen should suffer. Yes. <laughs> You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About sections, and our link tree on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Guatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, thank Paul. You, Paul. Uh, thank you, um, Only Beast, for the uh, theme music. You're and welcome. Thank you, Ross and um, Matt, for the logo and banner. And thank you, Christopher, for joining us this week. This yeah, was so much that was fun. so nice. Thank you, guys. Really good. Anytime. Very happy to be here. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, uh, let somebody know. Have them join the book club. Be part of the discussion. Yes, do it. Read more stuff. Yeah. Yes. Next week, we're going to go back to Baltimore. We're finishing up the Baltimore and or the Steadfast Tin Soldier and the Vampire with the section Crescendo. So you guys know what to do. Pull out those books. Uh, hope you got the bookmark in the spot. You know, listen to those audio books and join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm beating up Jimmy Olsen <laughs> for defacing the moon. And I don't feel so good because I just ate some black kryptonite. Uh, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. And I'm Robert Lovelace saying, Oh my land, Perry! <laughs> <laughs>